to this year's driving moment brought to you by the Sovereign Life Radio good at doing mimes obviously <laughs> it was pre-recorded um today cora cristobal cristobal is here with us on how to become a legend with success originally from uh, manila philippines cora cristobal started out as a professional accountant after taking an interest in the real estate profession Cora immigrated to Canada in 2002 as a new immigrant in 2006, Cora found herself single again and with four teenage children to look after. Cora's struggles to success became her motivational influence on others throughout the years. Sponsored in the Women's Economic Forum, Cora teaches many by example of her life and goal-setting skills. In February of 2017, Cora founded the Toronto Women's Club, where quarterly events take place to educate, teach, and empower women with. It is a great place to mingle and congregate with like-minded women. Cora Cristobal holds a real estate license and has invested interest in properties all over North America and the Philippines. For over 30 years, Cora has been helping people buy, sell, and invest in real estate. Cora Cristobal offers the Science of Getting Rich online program. And she is also a public speaker and author of many books. And you might want to look it up, www.scienceofgettingrich.ca, and further uh, do some investigating and, by all means, purchase. <laughs> in April of 2016, she published the award-winning book, Journey to a New You, 12 Habits to a Happy and Successful Life. She's co-authored uh, of international best-selling secrets to real estate wealth, as well as with Brian Tracy, The Secret to Wealth, and the book called The Authorities, powerful wisdom from leaders in the field. As a millionaire, Cora can now do what she loves, and that is to help transform people
people's lives. Cora's mission is to be able to reach, touch, and change at least one million lives. And her favorite quote is by Wallace D. Waddles. You can render God and humanity no greater service than to make the most of yourself. Are you interested in developing new success habits? Step forward into building wealth and how to maintain your happiness. Here to discuss her services and more, Cora Cristobal. Hello, how are you? Hi, Reverend Maria. Good afternoon, Happy New Year, and thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here in your, in your podcast. So I don't know if you can cover everything that is so, so much to cover about Cora Cristobal. And we will begin from her youth, including your name, uh, Cristobal, is that Spanish? Yeah, it is Spanish uh, because uh, Philippines, the country where I came from, has been colonized by the Spaniards for more than 500 years. So my great-great-grandparents probably were, were descendants or descendants of the Spaniards. Uh, so that's why we have a lot of Spanish names, Spanish traditions and Spanish food. So imagine for 500 years. So that's a lot of Spanish uh, influence in the Philippines. Wow. <laughs> like I said, there we might have to do a sequel on this because I don't know how much I can really cover. I really want to get to know my friend, Cora Cristobal. Um, and so let's begin on a more intimate level, starting with your family. I notice here, that you have a picture on, um, the, you know, your your women's club here, Toronto Women's Club, and you have a picture here dated July nineteenth, two thousand and eighteen, under business and finance. It, is this from poor immigrant to millionaire? Uh, is this a picture of your family? Yes, uh, that must be a picture of my family with my parents and my. Uh, four brothers and and three sisters. We are eight. I have. We are eight in the family. Wow. And can you please tell me? Are you the youngest? Are you the oldest? And who's had the most influence on you during your upbringing? Okay. I I am the sixth. I am the sixth of the eight uh, children of my parents. And uh, so and 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 I come from humble beginnings, right? And I was the very first one who graduated from the university. Being poor, my parents could not afford to send the children to school. But I don't know, at a very young age, I already had a dream to change my life because I've seen my elder brothers and sisters and my own parents struggle in life. And I thought uh, there must be something different that I should do. And it is education. So. I was the very first one. I graduated uh, um, a Bachelor of Science in, in Commerce and Business Administration, major in entrepreneurship and, and accounting. 
So I actually completed two university degrees in six years. Oh my gosh, yes. I do notice this on your LinkedIn profile. Uh, and it goes as back as I don't want to reveal your age or anything, but <laughs> University of the East, <clears throat> Bachelor's of Science in Business Administration, uh, major in accounting and accountancy from 1975 to 1977. As you said, two years and activities in society section, uh, editor for entrepreneurship and commerce journal. And then you also, at the same time, uh, you were doing, no, right after you went to University of Santo Tomas mm -hmm. and you got your Bachelor of Science in 1978 to 82, uh, accounting, business, real estate, and um, into the Philippines Institute of CPA, Cebu Real Estate Board, uh, Toronto Real Estate Board as well. I mean, how did you know back then where to invest? Like you knew already uh, from a previous life that real estate was a thing to be in? <laughs> no, this is, the, this is the story. So I was, first of all, I graduated accounting, right? I graduated accounting and I had a professional accounting, professional accounting career in an American multinational company uh, called the Union Carbide Philippines. It's, it is now called Eberedi Batteries or Energizer Batteries, right? And for 12 years, I was an accounting professional in that company. Now, I got married to a uh, vice president in administration in that company. Uh, and then when I had already two children, I, by the way, I had, I had four children in six years. <laughs> wow. I had yeah, I had four children in six years, and after giving birth to my second uh, uh, child, my my then husband told me to quit my job because, uh, well, my my husband has a good um, uh, ha a good high paying job, and he wanted he wanted me to just focus on raising my two kids. So. And then, of course, being being a career woman for 12 years, suddenly I was staying at home and my husband said, just get, uh, why don't you get a license in real estate? I knew nothing about real estate, but it was my then husband who prodded me and told me to get into real estate. So all I did was to enroll in a course and I took the examination for real estate broker for us to become a real estate broker. And that's how I got into real estate. After taking my license, I got into the Association of Realtors in, in, uh, in the Philippines, in Cebu. And you know, when you become uh, a member, when you become a member of a large board and organization, then you, got, you get the training, the education and the exposure, and you got to uh, meet people who are already millionaire and I was all, only in my in my 30s when I became a real estate uh, a real estate broker. So I was in my 30s, knew nothing, and and my I got my first deal when I bought uh, a piece of land in the subdivision where I live, where I bought I bought I bought a piece of land and sold it three or four times after a few months. So you can imagine the uh, the money that I made is is more than the, the annual salary of my then husband who was already 
a, a an executive in a in a large corporation. So that's the, then I said, wow, this is real estate. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't appreciate something until you really experience it, right? If you are just reading how to learn how to invest in real estate, but don't actually invest in real estate, you wouldn't appreciate it because you are just learning, right? But the moment you are really making money and harvesting the fruit of your labor, then that's when you realize what it is. So that's what happened to me. And then I just continued because success is just um, making a success the first time and, and then doing it repeatedly over and over again. So that's what how I did. Uh, so that's how I got into real estate. Can you describe to me your very first job and how old you were and what your experience in it and how it uh, changed you to be the way you are, uh, how it molded you to be this person that you are today. Has it influenced you any? And how long was the experience for? Yes, my, my very first uh, official job was uh, joining Union Carbide Philippines in 1977. 1977. So you can guess how old I am, right? So I started as an accounting clerk. I was uh, I was a newly graduate uh, from the university, and I just passed my CPA board examination. I am a CPA, a certified public accountant. So I have a license in 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 accounting. So. I, I, uh, I rose from the ranks. You know how you start your career? You start from an accounting clerk and I became an accounting supervisor. I became an accounting superintendent. I became an accounting manager. I became a finance manager. I have been sent to so many trainings because I am a consistent, um, I have been a consistent, excellent performer. You know how when you are in a, uh, in a, in a, in a lar large organizations or even in medium-sized organizations, you are frequently uh, annually rated according to your performance, right? We are, we are appraised and we are evaluated based on our performance. And I think um, my, my, uh, I have developed, I have developed that habit and that uh, trait of always aiming for excellence. I would say that my traits of being uh, disciplined, committed, having a high uh, integrity and having a uh, high sense of values and, and, uh, and good work ethic, having good work ethic has developed from the, from the time I was young. From the time I was young, then I studied in, high, in elementary high school until I graduated from the university. And then I carried somewhat, like I carried that uh, habit and the trait of uh, very dedicated, committed, disciplined, and having those good work ethics until I work. And it, you know, when when you are uh, uh, the definition of habit is doing doing something over and over again, right? So if you have good habits that will help you, and if you have also bad habits that will also uh, affect how you are performing or how you are, uh, uh, what you call it, how you are doing in life, it, uh, even in your personal life, as well as in your in your business life, right? So I always have an ambition and I have written this in my books that 
As a young age, I always wanted to improve my life. I wanted to make a change and the only way uh, I can make a change and improve my life is, is, is to do something that's different. Is to do something different and better than what my parents or my environment has, has provided, right? So, so when I was given a chance to work in a large American multinational company, I would say that I have capitalized on it. I have had good training and because I am a consistent, good uh, employee and a, an excellent, always excellent, outstanding performance, I, I sort of somewhat, uh, this becomes already a part of your personality and character. You know, what you are in one is what you are in everything. So we say, right? So the moment you are clean in your home and you are clean in your car, you will be clean. Most chances are you will be clean in everything, right? And if you are messy and cluttered and disorganized in one, you will also cluttered and disorganized most likely in a lot of things. So I, I, I was kind of fortunate to have that kind of training and experience. And, and then I continued to grow and grow. And for me, uh, investing in myself and keeping... Uh, keeping uh, keeping myself growing is uh, I would say I would like to share that is one uh, the key to my success. So uh, to me, it looks like the, what I'm getting out of this whole thing from seeing you and what you have accomplished is your unstoppable attitude. Absolutely, absolutely, we should be unstoppable. Even even at this age, even at this age, uh, uh, some people. I'm already past retirement age, by the way, and and I, yeah, I'm already past retirement age. But I do, I don't know why I don't see myself retiring. Where some people retire at age sixty and then sixty five, and they sit down and just looking to travel, and and that's not that's not wrong if you'd like to retire at a certain age, but. For me, retirement is, is, is not in my vocabulary because I believe that, um, I believe that uh, I can, uh, people should, 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 not stop, should not stop learning, that we should continue growing and learning and, be, and, be, uh, and, contribute, and contribute to the society. And especially nowadays, when I thought that I can already afford to retire, and I can afford to do something else like investing in real estate where it has given me already passive income. I, probably I don't really have to work, but it's, it's, it's the kind of person that I am that I think that when I can still do something for other people, I still would like to be, uh, to be, growing, to be growing and continue to help many people because I think it is the time for me to give back uh, to humanity and to help many people. With my experience and with the kind of wisdom that I have, it is, it is, uh, uh, it is, it is uh, but proper that I should uh, share it with other people who are looking for, for, for uh, experience and knowledge. So that's what I believe that for me, un until my health, until my health, and my mind and my capability will allow me. I don't see anything. I don't see myself stopping or, or retiring. 
you don't mind if I ask this, but when did you first realize, if at all, that you stopped struggling and you were right, no longer feeling that survival or believing you were in that reality? And when did you first realize you were thriving? Uh, you know, uh, even when before I divorced in my early in my early years, everything for me was material. You know, material. We are being materialistic, right? For me, success. Um, when I was younger, success is let's say uh, I realized a goal. Let's say I wanted to finish university, then that's success. I was able to buy a car, that's success. I was able to get married and have children, that's success. Success is the lofty, the lofty realization of a goal, that when you have a goal or a dream, you are able to get it, that's success. But for me, for so many years, they were all about materi materials, materialistic. So, and people will, will say, what, whatever Cora gets, Whatever Cora wants, Cora gets. People were telling me that whatever I want, I can get. Yes, because if I want to make, if I want to have money, I will, I, I will, I can make money because of the skills and the expertise that I have, and I'm very hardworking. Then I just can get anything. Uh, but however, it is, it is at that point when I got divorced and I was on my own, and then I had. Uh, this realization that I was really looking for more. What is it that is going to make me happy? What is it that is going to make me fulfilled? And what is it that I'm going to do better than what I was doing? Because if you are getting, if you are, have, if you have everything and you can get anything, I don't, I don't know if that is, uh, if, that, if, if that is all that will make you really happy and fulfilled. So it is at that point when I got divorced, and that was somewhere where I got divorced in 2006, and 2006 up to let's say 2015, that was like eight or nine years. I was really struggling, and sort of I was really analyzing and looking what is it that will make me happy and fulfilled. It's no longer about being successful. It's no longer about uh, surviving and thriving. I was really looking for more. So when I when I hired a mentor and then I started um, to get myself into spirituality, this was the turning point when I really changed, um, when, I, when I changed my mindset and I changed the way I look at things and I changed on uh, not only thinking about myself and not only thinking about my children, but I started to think about thinking of other people who might be suffering or experiencing the difficulties that I went through. And I said, if I went through this kind of uh, a situation or challenge, how many people out there in the world and specifically for women, when I had that reckoning or I had that realization that I got to do something and I didn't know how to do it. And then I started to go into, into nature, like I would be driving with no direction and then I will stop by 
uh, Ontario Lake, in Lake Shore, or in Niagara Falls, or in conservation areas, in forest. And with and by when I was by myself, and as and I was literally talking to God, and I was asking God, or or if if you are not a believer of God, at least we know that we all come from one source from the universe who provide us everything with what we need and helping us solve our problem. I, I, liter I literally surrender myself. I surrender myself and I said to God, with what, uh, when I lost my husband and then I was, I became a single mom and I struggled and I went through difficulties and I said, what is the message and what is the lesson and what is it that you want me to do? And so it is not, it is not like an overnight thing. Uh, I went through the journey where I was going through nature and I was reading books uh, that are more meaningful, that are deepening my spiritual journey. And I started, uh, I bumped, I, I bumped into Dr. Deepak Chopra while watch, watching television and I went to see Dr. Deepak Chopra and I started to read the books of Dr. Deepak Chopra, of, of Robin Sharma, of those of the Dalai Lama, those people who are really, whose, whose, mission, in, whose mission in life is really high and, and towards helping humanity. And that's how I got open to this personal growth and development. And that's how I got into the Toronto Women's Club. And that's how I will tell you honestly and to your listeners that that is the key and the turning point for me to go to do what I am doing now. And for me, this is the source of the real happiness and the fulfillment that I have never experienced in my whole life. So I thought that all what I have gone through and all what I have achieved, these are all the journey. And if I may say, for there will always be, there's always a reason why it happens, right? And at the time I did not realize that what is what is forthcoming. I did not know what is forthcoming, but at the time when I was struggling financially, emotionally, and mentally. I was even asking God why I had to experience that. Why do I have to go through that? When I said, I am not a bad person, I am doing what I am supposed to do, but why is it, why am I, why, why did you give me this kind of problem? But later on, I just surrendered to it and things, and things, and things just happened like, uh, I was being led, I was being shown the way to the right people, to the right events, to the right uh, places. And I just went with the flow. And that is the thing that you, one of the, one of the things that I learned is you really don't have to know everything. You really don't have to, uh, to, see, what, to see what is coming, but just surrender yourself and do the right thing and God will, will really take care of the rest. So uncertainty when people now under COVID, under COVID this pandemic and they, we say that the, it is really very uncertain, but the, the, the beauty of life is actually uncertainty because imagine if you know that if you are dying tomorrow, you don't want to know that, right? 
if you know that you are dying tomorrow or you know that tomorrow you are going to lose money. So I learned a lot, I would say from 2015 up to now. That is my really my, uh, my the start of my spiritual journey. You know, I believe that this COVID too is a big lesson because we came from an ego-driven, ego-centric world. Yeah. And it needed a, a shakeup so that they can become humble again, so that globally we can all become humble and possibly even obtain compassion. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, 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 many people look at COVID as all negative. Actually, I see a lot of positives. And, uh, I, I see a lot of positives. It, it, uh, uh, this COVID is actually a wake-up call for many of us, there are a lot of lessons to learn and a lot of uh, awakenings. Uh, there are a lot of openings, opportunities, while there are, yes, there, there is a big impact um, uh, for many people, that, but there is also a big awakening. And I, I myself, uh, for one, sees that this, um, this pandemic is part of the evolution uh, and the change that is necessary for, pe for people to realize uh, what, what needs to be changed in their personal lives. Now, also what I've noticed is from the time you immigrated here in 2002, you made so many moves uh, from one place to another. You really kind of got a feel for the area and locations. And can you explain, like, I think there's nine different on Facebook, it shows that you've lived in, I think, nine different places already. And... Okay, first of all, I have lived in three countries, Philippines, United, I went to United States. I was in the United States during the 9-11 in Los Angeles, California, uh, and then Canada. So in my long years of life, I have lived in three countries. So all in all, I would say I will, I have transferred to at least 20 houses. Yes. <laughs> at, least 20, at least 20 houses. In Canada, one, two, uh, three. Uh, I think nine. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this is the thing. We, we, um, because for me, I'm a very dynamic person and I'm always... I am always open to change. I'm I'm always flexible and adaptable to change. For some people, they say, "No, this is where I this is where I was born. This is where I live. This is where I die." My sisters are like that. And when when I say, "Why don't you move to Manila? Why do Why do you have to stay in the province?" and and in the province uh, uh, in Manila is more um, is more dynamic, right? And they say. Oh, this is where this is where I was born. This is where I live. This is where I died. But I have a very different. I have a very different attitude. I'm very open to change. That's great, you know. And you're able to see the the bigger picture, like you're soaring, you know. Yeah. And and yeah. you see the the bigger picture. Yes, from up above, you're not just one place rooted, you know. So that's yeah. great. And <laughs> throughout this whole idea of moving all the time how do you maintain your connection to to grounding yourself as well so that you can be like you're saying realistic and things like that that you just don't 
don't lose yourself. You see, how do you yeah, do that? Yeah. You know, first of all, basically, you have to be grounded. You are right. You have to be grounded because you cannot make a decision to transfer or to move if you don't like it. If you don't like it, right? You have to make the decision. In anything that we do, whether we change house with, or, or even you change spouse, you know, or even if you change job or even if you change business, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of work. And you, you have to make the decision. And before you can make a decision, you have, to, you have to analyze situations. You have to analyze and you have to make plans and you have to organize yourself. And, uh, and I'm kind of good in management. management. I would say that life is, is also management. And I happen to have been trained in an American multinational company in management, where management is, is nothing but planning, organizing, coordinating, and controlling, whether it is job or it is your life or or anything or anything, right? So it's a lot of work, but but uh, in anything when you are making changes, you study, you study it, you analyze it, that you are doing it for the better. You're uh, the the decision. The decision to do something or to change something is you, you simply have to answer these questions. Is this going to, go, to be good for me? Is this going to be good for others? And if the answer is yes, then go. Because if it is not, if it is not going to be good for you and also not going to be good for others, then you should not be doing that. So I learned that from Dr. Deepak Chopra and in some of the readings that I have made that um, we always have to make a decision based on the common good. What is good for the common good? Because if it is good for you, but it will be harm for another person, then you don't do that, right? So this is my uh, guiding principle in whenever I have to make a change or a decision. Wow. Um, I notice here that I remember going to uh, Sussex Center and Burnham Thorpe uh, Road, you know, um, where you first opened uh, your, uh, was, was it the real estate place? Uh, well, when I had a, uh, when I had a, a ribbon cutting for my office, I think. Did you yes. Come? Yes. And was it 2019? I remember, I, that's when yes. I saw you again last week. I think 2019, just before COVID. And is that location uh, still there or it's did you? Still, yeah, it's still there, but I no longer have office there because I moved to the Niagara region, right? So I closed it. Uh, um, first of all, I closed it uh, because, of, because of COVID because I was not, I was not able to meet uh, people in my office anymore because of the lockdown. And then um, I have to move here in the Niagara region. So I no longer hold office in Sussex Center. Okay, yes, because uh, I'm like, okay, it shows up. you have a Facebook page. I guess you didn't really have the time to change that. But oh. you, yeah. Yeah, you I, have have. I have to update that. Okay, so you do have, um, here you have also EXP Realty uh, is a global full surface 
real estate brokerage providing 24-7 access to collaborative tools, training, and socialization for real estate brokers and agents through its 3D fully immersed cloud office environment. Is this something new that you... Uh, yes. 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 Okay. So, you know, I have a license in real estate uh, for, uh, for 10 years already. And since I got my license, I think somewhere in 2008-2009, I was connected with Keller Williams uh, Real Estate Brokerage. And then in October last year, uh, after I moved to my house, new house, um, I moved, uh, I moved uh, my brokerage. Uh, so I joined uh, EXP Realty. EXP Realty uh, is a new uh, real estate brokerage that is operating internationally. And it's a cloud-based business, meaning to say don't, they don't have a brick and mortar office. It is operating on cloud, which is now what it's about. Like people can no longer go to a real estate office or we can, can no longer uh, do uh, open houses. And this is really a very high, techno high te technology, cloud-based real estate. And so I joined EXP Realty in October of last year only. Okay, so you're also the founder, or are you just one of the founder of three for Toronto Women's Club? Uh, can you explain a little bit more? Are you the only founder or are there other founders with this club? I, I am the only founder. I am the only founder of the Toronto Women's Club. Uh, although sometimes it is um, misunderstood mis, uh, by some people, they thought that I, that I am partnering with my mentor, but or my, my mentor or some affiliate partners, but these are only partnerships and uh, uh, people who are coming to my event, uh, some affiliates and partners, but they are not owners of the Toronto Women's Club. I own Toronto Women's Club 100%. Okay, I just wanted to clarify that for everybody because I was kind of confused. Maybe there's two other founders there and maybe you might want to change that somewhere. I saw it. <laughs> and uh, your Toronto Women's Club provides leadership programs and support to help women in every stage of their business and life. So if they want to speak up at future events, um, how would they go about doing that? Yes, uh, they, can, they can go to my website, torontowomensclub.com. And in the website, there is a way to make an appointment with me to have a complimentary session. So there is that portion in the website where you can book a session. Uh, okay. with, you can go from there. Uh, with the way things are now and the closed, uh, you know, lockdowns, and is this going to be done virtually now? It's be done in Zoom. In Zoom. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So everything. You know, now we are we are back to the lockdown, right? Uh, so we cannot uh, meet in person, and we are going to do it uh, by Zoom. And uh, you also have interested in becoming an author. You help people write books. Yes, uh, I actually uh, thank you for asking that. Uh, having written and co-written seven books already, and four of them are best-selling best-selling books. I now uh, form my own. Uh, I just I just created my own publishing company called Legacy uh, Reads Legacy Publishing Limited. And I have a book writing program now called Write a Best-Selling Book with Cora Cristobal. So 
for people who are interested to how to write a book, uh, they can also get in touch with me by going to my website. And we can go from there. We can have a video call and talk about it. Wow. And you know, from what I've learned from experience from other publishing companies, they want to write the book for you. And it's like, oh, no, I want to write my own book. I just need maybe help with editing. You know, that's about it. And oh, yeah, that's that's what that's another way of writing a book. And that that is good for people who are not uh, who don't want to spend uh, time um, and they say they don't know how to write a book. Uh, but yes, uh, you are right. Uh, there's nothing compared to you writing your own book and you can just get an editor to edit it, right? Because a book need a, a book needs to be uh, needs to be edited. Uh, uh, for people who are uh, who are uh, right uh, getting getting their book written by a ghostwriter, we call it a ghostwriter, and you have to pay money for that because they will be the one to write for you and they will interview you and you are going to review what they have written. Uh, but it's different. Yeah, it's different having a ghostwriter and you personally writing it and just get an editor. I didn't like that because I went and looked at many publishing companies. I compared from the States to Canada. And, and what I found was like, they're still harassing me, like, you know, telemarketing, Balboa Press and, you know, an offshoot spring off of, uh, what is it, Hay House Publications. And, you know, and it's like, I, they want to do the way they want to do my book. And it's like, no, I want to do the way I want to do my book, right? <laughs> so yeah. I found like I kept locking heads with these people and yeah, yeah, I had yeah. to find my own way. In my case, the author will write her chapter and I will, and I, but I will provide an editor for that. That's part of the deal because somebody else has to edit your, your, your writing. That's it. But you will write your own chapter. So that's what's so much special and different that stands out from all the other pub publications uh, with your uh, uh, publishing yeah. company. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it's, it. There's nothing compared to you expressing and writing your own story or your own expertise. There's nothing like that. And the the fulfillment and the happiness that you get from that is tremendous and incomparable. And I have done, I have done, uh, uh, I have done a book writing where the publisher wrote, wrote it for me. They got, they got it right. And it's different. It's like when you are read, even if I have to edit it, or somebody, somebody has to edit it. It's different. And, and and the happiness that you get and the fulfillment you 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 can really say that I am the author of this book or this chapter because you really are the one who wrote it. It's really different. So it's a more advanced level, I would think, for people who are first starting out. They might want to go with those other places, but keep in mind that you'll end up paying more. I think for ghost. Yeah, you have to pay more because these ghost writers are not cheap. Uh, they will force you charge you. It, it's a, it is a big investment. And do you have any limitations as to how many pages uh, you're yes. allowed? The, the limitation is in the number of words, 2,500 words. Oh, wow. 2,500 words. And the 2,500 words is about, uh, on, on this kind of, on this size of this book, 
I don't know what because the, it could be in different sizes, right? But this kind, some something like this, it could be seven to eight pages. Two thousand five hundred words is about seven to eight pages. Wait, wait a minute, that book is that a six by nine or a five by eight? What? Uh, I I don't know the size of this, but um, something like six by nine, huh? Yes, and is it like a co-authoring uh, kind of thing where people add their own little chapter in it? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, well, this one is written by just one uh, author, and I, ha I happen to be reading this about, this is about subconscious mind, but let's say this one, uh, let, just a moment. Something like this, although this is hard copy, this is my book written with uh, Brian Tracy. And there are there are about maybe at least 20 authors here. So this is the kind of book writing program that I have. And how do we go online to purchase that book? <laughs> Just is it uh, everywhere or you know, uh, in my in my website, uh, I don't think there is the ability to buy a book, but what you can do is just go. Uh, in my website and send me, uh, or no, just email me, uh, Cora at TorontoWomensClub.com. That's my email address, Cora at TorontoWomensClub.com. And you can send me an email and you can grow, go from there. Actually, I'm going to also, to the first five people who will get in touch with me, I'm going to give you a pre-copy of this. Wow. Okay. For your for your listeners, I would like to give to give five copies of this and maybe five of the science of getting rich as my thank you. Wow. Yeah, as my as my way of thank you, I would like to give this as gifts um, for for the first five or ten people. I'm going to give away, but for the other ones who would like to buy or if you want to buy more and you would like to give to, to, to give it because I think that one of the best uh, gifts you can give is book, right? Book. And I used to give, like you can make it as a gift, although Christmas, the holidays is already over, but you can still give people uh, books as, as a gift. And uh, if you want to buy more, uh, you can just send me an email and you can go from there. Is it also an ebook and audio you have? Mm, uh, uh, only the science of getting rich is in audio. The science of getting rich comes in a hard copy of the book as well as in audio. Uh, also, we have a, you read it, the, uh, uh, the, the website, the science of getting rich.ca. Mm -hmm. If you go there, uh, you can also buy a copy of that book in that, web, in that site. And, and when you buy, uh, you will get the digital copy as well as the hard copy of the book. But you can also buy separately. Okay, well, your publishing company, let's say I want to publish a book with you. Where exactly would my book be that people could reach out? Would it be Walmart? Would it be Amazon? Would it be Goodreads? Uh, how oh, it, will, it will be in Amazon. Amazon. And it just... Go into yeah. Amazon and you click the ISBN or what have you, and they can purchase it from there directly as well, right? Yes, you, yes. All my books can also be purchased in Amazon. Okay. But if you, if you, yeah, you can buy it from Amazon. But of course, when you buy from Amazon, it is not uh, signed by the author. 
if you buy from from me if you'd like it signed you can buy it from me because i will personally sign it if that if, if that is an option and can we also find you at most bookstores like indigo if we were to go there and pick up a book there maybe uh no not in indigo it's not in indigo yet we are not in indigo yet only in amazon amazon okay and then you also have here on your toronto women's club how to find out how to be a millionaire <laughs> advice because i know that i was told the first million is the hardest ever once you make your first million then it's easy from there yeah because any any anything uh the first time is the like the like the hard the hardest right because once you learn the technique and the formula you will just repeat it you already learn how to do it so that is why the next one is easier the only the, it's only the first the first one that is hard right and the next one is easier and the way i became um, successful or millionaire is really through real estate and while we don't have i don't think we have enough time to talk about it but i'm just giving you idea that uh, well for you to becoming a millionaire is easy but not simple it's it's simple but not easy rather anything that you'd like to do is simple but not easy there is a, a uh, an ingredient or a formula to do that and anything like for example if you'd like to go into real estate first of all you need some education and you need some guiding guiding hand and this is one of the things that i teach um not necessarily in toronto women's club because in toronto women's club I have never done um, uh, trainings in in real estate in Toronto Women's Club. What I teach there are all personal growth and development, but I can always uh, I am changing my uh, the way that I am do that I am running webinars and and trainings for 2022. And maybe if there is enough interest in real estate, I can always conduct. A separate session for real estate and there's a lot to learn in real estate and there's a lot uh, of ways of making money in real estate there's many strategies so it will take a lot of time and i also provide one-on-one uh, -on -one mentoring mentoring uh, mentorship in if you'd like to buy in real estate uh, so i'm also a mentor in real estate and it goes hand in hand as having a license in real estate because i'm a real estate professional and I think the head office is somewhere Don Mills, Eglinton, Air, uh, Lawrence area, the Tribunal of Real Estate, because I know one of the ladies who used to be on the board, I don't know if she's still working in the bereavement of authorities uh, sector, but she's also at the board level of the tribunal and things of real estate. So people are really getting in on it. And it, I find it's very competitive. A real estate and how do you go above the competitive and rise above it so that you're not you know like uh trying to compete with each other and and, and just kind of rise above it you see yeah. how do you do that? well competition yes the, the reality is yes there is competition there's about seventy thousand real estate real estate agents in ontario 
if you will say, oh my God, I am competing with the other 69,999 real estate agents. But really, in, in anything, you don't, you are, you, you are not really competing with anyone. You are just competing with your own self. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't think about the fact that there are 69,999 other ages. There's so many. But come to think of it, Ontario is so big and there's so much real estate and there's so much buyers and there's no reason for competition. And if you are always on top of your game and you are giving uh, more use value than the cash value. When I say more use value than the, than the cash value, it means to say that the kind of service that you are providing is so good, is so much that you, we are, you are not going to run out of clients because a happy client will always come back to you and will even refer you to other clients. You, you know what I mean? So really, there's no competition. I am not... Uh, I am not concerned about competition. Uh, what you should be concerned is to always be on top of your game. You are updating your skills. You are always learning. And remember to be always, uh, that your customer is top, top in your list, like you are providing them the best service that you can provide. So, so a happy client will always uh, come back to you and will give you more experience. So there's really no, no worry about competition. So how is it that it's done? Because the way I see it is, um, let's say people, okay, I have my place right now and I want to sell my condo, but uh, I, I see a place and rather than saying I want to sell my condo, I see something of an upgrade that I see a really good place and I want to like become my own property manager of my own, like not be like a shareholder because I've wakened up to the reality that okay so i'm not renting anymore i own this place but so do many other people own a shareholding on these units and how is it that i want to get my own property now and my own home but i want to buy that place first because i decide let's say and then whenever this place sells how do I do it without like any money? Do I mortgage or uh, like I, I see something I like? I want to buy that. I always I'm always like that. I don't ever think, OK, I'm going to sell and then I have to find something. What motivates me to make the move is seeing something I really like. Oh, I got to have this. Oh, and, you all, yeah, you how all, do you do that? What do you mean? You already own a condo now, but you want to buy another one. Is that what it is? I want, I want to move into, let's say, my own property because I noticed that I get more freedom because I become my own property manager, right? I don't have a property manager and a board and a board of directors and all these people and the fire department coming in and then them wanting keys and then you're not allowed to barbecue and then there's redevelopment and it's like, come on, you know, you know I want to move somewhere where I know I'm not going to be invaded like that. And so all of a sudden I'm getting this urge and I start looking around and I see something I like, but I haven't sold this place yet. So how do you do it? Oh, so right. Okay. Your, your, your situation is an example. Can we use that? Yes. So right now you own and live in your condo, right? Yes. Okay. So a, condo, a condominium, there are many owners. So if there is a condominium corporation. Right. Right. So 
you don't own a specific uh, in a condominium. Uh, it is um, it's very different owning your um, like a detached, a single family home. It's very Even different. that, yes, it's yes. different, right? So when you are in a condominium, you co-own it uh, with other. That is what you're saying about shareholders because. Uh, you don't own the building, but all of you, let's say there are 1,000 owners or 1,000 units in the building, all of you are paying condo fees and, uh, and then you are sharing in all the expenses of the, right. the corporation, right? Yes. There are also board of directs, so directors and officers in the condominium corporation. That's the condominium. Which is very different if you live in a single family home where you have 1,000 square foot of land. And exactly, exactly. Like you're reading my mind here. Yes. So, so that's, there is a difference there. So now you say you are looking to buy another property. My own property, my own property, my own piece of land with a home on it, be it mobile, be it whatever. It's a whole home oh. property. Yeah. Yeah, so that's different. So because there are so many types of uh, properties, so you have you have condominium, you have townhouse, you have sing, uh, semi-detached, you have detached, you have so many kinds of properties, right? So right now you are in a, in a condominium wherein you don't own the whole building. You only own that. Uh, let's say I don't know, one thousand square feet or seven hundred square. A feet. shareholding unit, like you see in the bank, where you hold a unit, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, now, so that's that's your situation. Now you're yeah. saying you're looking to buy. What kind of property you wanted to buy? Well, I'm motivated to to become more free to get gain more freedom because this was my first time buy, and I didn't know. I just thought I don't want to rent anymore, and I had other motivations, right? But, I want, but are you renting now, or you you own it? I own it. But you own it, so you are not renting, you own it. Yes. So I'm looking at the possibility because the way real estate is now, it's booming. I don't know a year from now or something that might go down. So, you know. Yeah, you, you, well, nobody, nobody has a crystal ball. We don't know, right? We don't know. Well, I kind of, it's kind of predictable, the peaks and valleys. You know, like uh, 12 years ago, it was at a highest peak. And then it went really down and now it's starting back up and uh, I don't know it just kind of seems it's like rotating it, in the same it, kind it of seem, it seems that that the trend is no longer holds like before, before there is that cycle yes. where that, that, that is the recovery then it's going to bust then it's you know there is recession and then it will recover right. but now and you are saying that 12 years 12 years more than 12 years has passed and it just continued to go. But on the other hand, we, uh, we say that how can it continue to grow? Everything uh, everything that goes up must come down, right? So right. Yeah, so there is the chance because it cannot continue to keep increasing. It's really crazy high already and people can no longer afford to buy real estate. It's really expensive. Right now, it's still going up. I have a feeling that this year is going to be one of the greatest years for real estate, but I'm, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm always doing things backwards because my, that's my motivation. If I see something I like and I want to move out and I want to like buy it right now, let's say, yes, I want it. 
but I don't have the money because I have to sell this place. And then once no, I get but, the money, I but, will have. What you can do is refinance your current house. You have equity there, right? You know what is the meaning of equity? The thing is, is I don't believe in uh, debt or, uh, you know, mortgage or anything. Now, though, I come to understand what the, the whole motivation of it all with good intentions was in, in a circumstance like this. Let's say I see a place, but it's not it's not around here because around here everything's too expensive. Go up yeah. a little bit further north. That is why that is why I moved to the Niagara region because even if I sold my house in Mississauga and if I continue to buy in Mississauga, if I sold my house for one million, but I will buy for 1.5 million, then it is more. So it doesn't make sense. And that is the reason why I have to move. I have to move to a place where there is still a chance for it to grow, to grow, to grow then I will make more money. So that is one strategy. Well, so this is the way I look at it. The thing that forces me kind of out of here is the knowing that there's going to be redevelopment. Now, what does that mean? I mean, I can keep paying more money to stay here, but it's not making any sense because I'm going to be bombarded with noise. It's like war, like they're coming to invade. I'm like, I, I kind of see it as a motivator to move out of here to an underdeveloped place mm. and then kind of sell this place that's going to be worth more and then get something else and work on that and just keep yeah. going yeah that's that's what you can do that's what, that's exactly what i did you sell the place and buy in a less uh, in a smaller city town uh, yes yes that is why i, I bought here because and this this my townhouse is easily four hundred thousand more if I buy if, if if I buy it in Mississauga. Okay, so I've given a little bit of a secret here that I didn't want to give, but it's doing it the backwards way because when I go to a realtor, all of a sudden they they want me to go into debt, and they want like I said I say this is how much I'm willing to spend. And then they always end up pu pushing the en envelope and pushing it even more so I can be in debt. It's such a greedy based kind of cycle. And it's like, I don't want that because I don't want to be in debt. Mm -hmm. And so I'm doing it in a way where I, I want something, but then where I want it, there's hardly any real estate there. <laughs> but they're willing, LePage is willing to go as far as Timbuktu, but you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, the, the price of real estate depends on the location, right? Depends on where you are willing to settle uh, from where you are. And number two, with regards to having debt, it depends on how much you will be able to sell, uh, how much equity you have there and yes. where you are going to buy. How much equity and how much you can sell your place now, your condo and where you are moving, right? And how much money you have uh so in general i cannot tell you that you are not going to have debt or not because i do not know the size of your condo how much uh, i don't i do not know the details of your condo but if you know uh let's say you are going to sell it at this price and after paying your mortgage and your other debt if you have yes how much uh, and after expenses how much is left and then where you are buying uh, depends on how much is the property you are buying and the kind of property you are buying and the place you are going will determine uh, how much debt or no debt you, uh, you will be in. So you we'll know? see how things go. 
And if I get a little bit more of a push, I'm, I'm just going to go with it. But, <laughs> you know, I never expected, I never wanted to leave here, but the way things are going. Well, well, well we can talk about it uh, in a, in a separately if you want. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because we're running yeah. out of time here. Yeah, so that uh, we are not, uh, uh, the listeners are not. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah, because this is kind of uh, a, a personal it's situation. Going somewhere else. Yeah. And we can talk about it in another uh, separately in a, our private session if before, you like. Before we leave here, though, you've met some really powerful people uh, mm -hmm. who who are really connected to to you know their faith, if anything, and they're real power drivers, and they they're mentors, they're uh, speakers, and you know people like Tony Robbins, like you say Brian Tracy, the mm -hmm. Clintons even, and you know Jack. Canfield here, uh, mm -hmm. you you had posted like memories of 2019, and and how you actually went to his home in Santa Barbara, California, back in January of 2019, and spent like four hours talking to him. Like, can you share with us some special pointers and yes. what? Uh, okay, I. I produced uh, an event. I produced an event bringing Jack Canfield in April of 2019. I was a co-producer. So this is in. I have a, another partner. So, uh, so I co-produced it, meaning I, there is another producer. The two of us co-produced it, right? So because um, because I paid Jack Canfield to come to Canada for an event, I managed to negotiate for myself, my co-producer, and those people that you saw on Facebook, we were about maybe, I think we were five or six people uh, who were given the privilege to visit Jack Canfield at his, at his house in Santa Barbara. So I uh, negotiated for that. I arranged everything. Um, uh, I think January 4 of 2019, that was uh, the schedule, the appointment I booked for Jack Hanfield. And then we, I got a professional photographer to, uh, to record the photos and the videos, and we use it to market the event. So for me, this is one of the uh, uh, best memories and one of my accomplishments where I was able, able to bring people and I was able to organize. And nobody has done this kind of thing where I, where some of the, my speakers and some of the people who invested money. And of course I have to do it very selectively who are the people I brought there uh, with Jack Hanfield. And the 90 minutes um, uh, schedule lasted four hours. Jack Hanfield was just enjoying his time talking to us in his living room, in his house. And and can you imagine he would even grab uh, bottled water, bottled water from his kitchen and will serve us the bottled water. And, it, and for me, it was really a great experience staying in the house of Jack Hanfield for four hours. So that's how I did it. Wow. And you also met people like um, Oprah Winfrey, too. And did you know at the time she was with, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, the guy that does the meditation, Deepak Chopra. Oh, Deepak Chopra, yes, they are part, they, they have partners. They have partner, partnered in meditation and they have partnered uh, in some 
they have lots of uh, they 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 are doing lots of things together. Uh, Oprah Winfrey and uh, Deepak Chopra. So like, how did how did you connect with Oprah? Was it through him, or you connected uh, through her to him, or how how did you get connected with Oprah? No, no. Okay, I I I went to see Michelle Obama in Scotia Bank in Scotia Bank Arena. You know Michelle Obama. You know how these people will come and speak, and all you have to do is to buy ticket, right? So I went uh, to see uh, Michelle Obama uh, in Scotia Bank Arena somewhere in, I think 2019, 2018 or 2019. And uh, when I was there with my mentor, um, my mentor said, uh, do you want to see Oprah? I said, oh my God, that is my dream to see Oprah. Okay, uh, we can go and buy a ticket, but the Toronto. So, so Oprah was doing like a tour. Uh, Toronto, uh, Montreal, Edmonton, Calgary, Ottawa, I think. And then in Toronto, tickets all sold out. Uh, and my mentor said, if we buy a ticket, it will be the ticket, the platinum ticket, where we will be able to meet Oprah and have the picture taken. Because if not, what's the point? It's But you have to invest money, like thousands of dollars, a few thousand dollars. Wow. So in, in Toronto, actually, I bought a ticket, um, but it's not the platinum. It's not the most expensive. So my mentor said, no, I'm not going there if I don't see, if I don't meet Oprah. So, but I said, I have already ticket in Toronto. No, just sell it, just sell it. So anyway, so he said, if you just said, if you just say yes, I'm going to ask somebody to buy ticket, but we have to fly to Edmonton. So I said yes, and it's a few thousand dollars. So I, first of all, uh, I invested money to buy the most expensive ticket to see Oprah and also Bill and Hillary Clinton. Um, so that's what we did. So I had all I have to do is to pay, and then we book a flight, our flight, and then we have to book uh, our our uh, hotel. Uh, we stayed there, I, I think, two nights uh, in Edmonton. And uh, I met Oprah, and uh, I met Oprah. And for me, uh, doing extraordinary things like that, you really have to invest time, money, and effort. Like people will say, you're crazy, Cora. Why do you have to pay so much money just to see Oprah? Well, well we all have different uh, different thinking, right? Like for, for, for somebody, this is not. This is not for, for everybody because first of all, you need to, to really spend money, buy the ticket, buy the plane ticket, and stay in a hotel and, and and pay for your food. But for me, meeting Oprah or even Deepak Chopra, I already met Deepak Chopra. Although Dr. Deepak Chopra, I met in Toronto, so I don't have I don't have to uh, uh, buy a plane ticket or stay in a hotel. But for for uh, Oprah, it was really my dream to see Oprah, and all I did is to be, is to invest in uh, to buy a, uh, the most expensive ticket. And I met Oprah. I will tell you that it's one of the best moments because seeing Oprah there, she was waiting, and then I, it was my turn to see Oprah. She's so humble. She is so so humble. And her aura and her ambience is really very different. Her energy is very different. And for me, being side by side with Oprah and my elbows and my arms, and then we were like, just like, 
we were just like as if we know somebody oh how are you oh, i said i'm so happy to meet you and then we were just like that right so for me it's different although that was very short and sweet and picture was quick but for me it was one of my best moments it really inspired me it really uh it gave me more more energy and more uh yeah, inspiration to do something better and for me uh, that is something and and i have my, all my pictures here i put them all together meeting all this uh, uh this um this icons and this the celebrities uh it, i have really invested a lot of money and time and effort there so would, would you say would you say that these are your epic moments of spirituality uh to like higher maybe, levels maybe, you know maybe but you know what uh even meeting uh, tony robbins tony robbins i met in ottawa and for me this was a pretty ticket given to me i did not buy going to ottawa i was invited to go to ottawa i was given a ride i was given free accommodation free food and food, uh, board and lodging and then and then uh, i i was given a vip ticket everything was free but the vip ticket will not allow me to see uh, tony robbins and then in in that instance somebody said the wife of my mentor said cora i had seen tony robbins would you like to get my ticket huh i said i couldn't believe it just came it just it was just given to me i so believe sometimes. i believe it was a soul connection yes yes so i think that for in all of this they just happen in some of them i have to buy some of them were given but I, it's not like it's not like uh okay in this year i have to meet this this person in this i have to meet no i have that dream but i didn't know that's going to happen and when that's going to happen but i have that in my mind and in that and and i did not expect things will just happen it just happened for all of them i don't know it just happened this is really a blessing it's really the really great experience for me it's an extraordinary experience these are really soulful, yeah, yeah, soulful so you have here the science of getting rich program uh, and it's 27 dollars canadian is there something you would like to share and explore a little bit to just briefly before we end this uh, that you might want to share with us yes the science of getting rich uh, i co-wrote it with Samuel shani and we had a website and we launched it in 2020 it is a product of the pandemic because right right um after the pandemic we couldn't uh, hold an event and so we thought this is the, that that was the best time for us to write the book now uh this book uh, there is a a program where where there is the hard copy and the digital copy and you will go into the science of getting rich.ca website and you can buy it there for 27 dollars that will give you uh, the hard copy and the digital copy but i would like to say that um um i uh, i am offering uh, now the science of getting rich for a cheaper price, maybe even ten dollars. Uh, ten dollars. Uh, 
just for the hard copy for the hard copy uh, but if you want if you want the digital copy i can also do that but i can also give it to you at a special price now so there's so much more to talk about it's just that i think we went well over an hour and i'd love to have you back on here again so continue, <laughs> like a part two even is there yeah there's a lot to, there's a lot to talk about yes like what is the difference between abundance and success and exactly what we've been talking about the ability to do what you want to do when you need to do it and 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 that is success is it not well, well the definition of success is the realization of a lofty goal or dream when you want something i say okay did, didn't you have this uh, you have a podcast right so when you did not have a podcast before you say oh i would like to have a podcast and when you have the podcast realize that is success right so whenever you want to do something and you get it you realize it that's the definition of success whether it is money whether it is uh, achieving something or whether uh, attaining something right so that is success abundance is more of uh, uh, abundance is um, the presence of unlimited resources it's abundance in the universe it's the abundance of joy abundance of happiness abundance this is more general so uh, well but, but while they can be uh, interconnected but the, the meaning is different right right uh, you know similar to gratitude which we open the space and then appreciation which is the success aspect of it mm. yes i can see that mm. and um, maybe you want to have a few last words to to close this uh, this talk show that you know we've we've kind of spontaneously keep going first of all uh, before we end this call first of all i would like to thank reverend uh, maria um it, really things happen for a reason and few years ago uh, you have you have been in my events in the toronto women's club we have known each other not really that deep we have known each other maybe on a very superficial level you don't know enough of me and i am very uh, grateful to you uh, for giving me opportunity to know more about me and for me to share more about what i do and how i help people and and i would like to give this message to your listeners uh, especially during this um, pandemic times when when uh, many of you are um, undergoing uh, some challenges and difficulties uh, in many areas, uh, probably money, probably emotional, probably mental. And what I would like to say is um, do not lose hope and um, um, always look for the solution rather than solutions to your problem or your situation. And there will always be solutions um, to problems and situations and I have been there I, I have been there and there is always a solutions to anything so I would like you to have um, to be full of hopes every day is a beginning yeah it is not only uh, in the new year or January 1st when we can begin we can begin anytime every time is a new beginning today is a new beginning tomorrow is a new beginning 
And what is important is for you to be connected with the right people, to work with the right people, to listen to the right people, and to be connected with the right people. And remember that while while the while the virus is everywhere, God is, is also everywhere. And let's hang on here, uh, hang in here, and uh, and be full of hopes that uh, you you can uh, become. Uh, I would like to go back to my favorite quotation from the science of getting rich by Wallace D. Waters. That uh, what is that my quotation? Um, uh, you the, can render God. As you can you render can. God. Yeah, you can render God and humanity no no better service than to make the most of yourself. What I mean by that. What I mean by that is the best investment is in yourself. When I say invest in yourself, it is not only in terms of your making money, but it's more importantly is how you can have an investment in in um, in growing and improving yourself because you can always get um, uh, anything you want in life. Uh, the external, the external manifestation in life will come from what is in the inner, in, in what is inside of you. What is what is inside of you is more important than than what is outside of you. And magnetically well put, <laughs> whatever it is we're willing to accept that we deserve too, right? Yeah. yeah. But and 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 for sure, one thing is you are enough. You are enough to do, to become, to do anything you want in life. You are enough, folks. Please make sure to visit Cora on her webpage, TorontoWomen'sClub.com, and she's also available. She has two YouTube channels, Toronto's Women's Club and Cora Cristobal, uh, subscribe, uh, see her on Facebook. And I will have posted all the links down below in the description box. And with that said, I'd, I'd like to really thank Cora for her time that she's invested here to share with us her light, her advice, and her spiritual coaching. <laughs> Thank you so very, very much, Cora. Thank you so very much. And I wish you all the best. I wish you love, joy, laughter, peace, understanding, and prosperity, and all the abundance in the world. We'll be with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.